Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and this week we will explore the apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary at Fatima, Portugal in 1917. The 100th anniversary of the first apparition was celebrated May 13th, with Pope Francis in attendance. Let's take a journey back to that time and place, but we start not in 1917, but a year earlier. Lucia dos Santos, born in 1907, is nine years old. Her family tends sheep, and she is responsible for a small flock. Her cousins, Francisco and Jacinta Marta, also come from a sheep herding family. Jacinta, three years younger than her cousin, is a big fan of Lucia and follows her around. Eventually, her parents give Jacinta a few sheep to tend as well. Francisco, a year younger than Lucia, also tends sheep. The families live near each other. Even today, visitors can tour their Spartan homes just about a block from each other on the narrow streets of the town of Algistrel. At the home today of Lucia's family, in fact, a half dozen sheep including a few lambs, lazily chew straw in a pen outside the front door. Back in the spring or early summer of 1916, the children were near the top of a knoll near their town. Lucia, who eventually became a nun, recounted it this way. We had been playing for a while when a strong wind shook the trees. Since it was a calm day, we looked up to see what was happening. Then we began to see, well above the trees that covered the stretch of land to the east, a light whiter than snow in the shape of a transparent young man who was more brilliant than a crystal struck by the rays of the sun. As he approached, we began to see his features. He was a young man of great beauty, about 14 or 15 years old. We were surprised and ecstatic. We did not utter a word. And Sister Lucia continued, Once he drew near us, he said, Fear not, I am the angel of peace. Pray with me. Kneeling down, he bowed until his forehead touched the ground. Led by a spiritual inspiration, we imitated him and repeated the words we heard him say, My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I beg thee forgiveness for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. After he had repeated this twice, he rose and said, Pray thus, the hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to the voice of your supplications. Then he disappeared. The angel of peace appeared twice more, once at the well near Lucia's home and a third time at the original site, where the last time the angel gave the three children communion, giving the host to Lucia and the chalice to Jacinta and Francisco. The angel encouraged the children to pray for sinners and to make reparations. After the first angelic experience, Lucia said, The supernatural atmosphere that enveloped us was so intense that we were almost unaware of our own existence. 
For a long time we remained in the same position, repeating the same prayer. The presence of God was so intense and intimate that we dared not speak to each other. On the following day we felt our spirits still enveloped in that atmosphere, which was but slowly disappearing. She continued, None of us thought of talking about this apparition or of recommending secrecy, for the incident itself demanded it. It was so intimate that it was difficult to utter a word about it. This might well have been the apparition that impressed us the most because it was the first one thus manifested. Those appearances of the angels served to prepare the children for a much more momentous encounter, one with Our Lady herself. This was a difficult time in Portugal and in the world. Portugal's monarchy had been overthrown in 1908, the same year Francisco was born. Between 1911 and 1916, 1,700 priests, nuns, and monks were killed by anti-Christian groups, and public religious ceremonies were forbidden. The Great War, the War to End All Wars, later known as World War I, originated in Europe in 1914 and was still raging. Pope Benedict XV sent out a pastoral letter to the world May 5, 1917, asking the faithful to petition Mary, quote, that her most tender and benign solitude may be moved and the peace we ask for be obtained for our agitated world, end quote. In what is perhaps Mary's response, on May 13, 1917, she appears not to kings or presidents or generals, but to three young shepherds in a field at Cova de Iria in Portugal. Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta see a ball of light near an oak tree, and when they approach, they make out the light to be a beautiful lady. She says that she is from heaven, and she wished the children to come to the Cova on the 13th of the month for six months. The Feast of St. Anthony, June 13th, is a huge festival in Portugal. Known to many around the world as St. Anthony of Padua, the Portuguese are insistent that he be known as St. Anthony of Lisbon, for that is his origin. Even today, the Feast of St. Anthony draws large crowds and celebrations. Though their parents wished for the children to attend the feast day celebrations, June 13th, instead they go again to Cova de Iria, where Mary appears a second time. By July, the parents, the children's parents and their parish priest believe that the apparitions are diabolical. Even so, Lucia's mother, along with about 3,000 others, join the children at the Cova. The children are told that devotion to Mary's Immaculate Heart will bring more souls to salvation. They are also given three secrets, a vision of hell, the consecration of Russia, and a papal assassination. Lucia turns pale and cries out with fear, calling Our Lady by name. And with a thunderclap, the vision ends. There are some who debate whether the world has been consecrated to Mary, as she requested. The third Fatima secret had been placed in the secret archives of the Holy Office in the Vatican, April 4, 1957. Pope John XXIII saw the messages and returned the envelope containing the secret to the archives. Pope Paul VI read the contents of the envelope March 27, 1965. He, too, decided not to publish the text and returned the envelope to the archives. At the closing ceremonies at the end of the third session of the Second Vatican Council, before all the Catholic bishops of the world, Pope Paul VI renewed Pope Pius XII's 
consecration of the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. He also announced that a special envoy was to be sent to Fatima. In the Pope's name, the papal legate would carry, as a symbolic gift, a golden rose to the Fatima Shrine. The inscription on it would say that Pope Paul was entrusting the entire church to the care of Our Lady of Fatima. St. John Paul II asked for the envelope containing the third part of the secret following the attempted assassination of the Pope in St. Peter's Square, May 13, 1981, coincidentally the 64th anniversary of the apparitions. He immediately thought of consecrating the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and composed a prayer as an act of entrustment, which was prayed at the Basilica of St. Mary Major. Later, he desired to, desired to make the entrustment more explicit, and in prayers that were said May 7, 1981 in Rome, and May 13, 1982 in Fatima. Again in 1984, the Pope, having convoked the bishops of the world to join in the prayer, prayed the consecration again in St. Peter's Square. Sister Lucia personally confirmed that this solemn and universal act of consecration corresponded to what Our Lady of requested. In a November 18th, in a November 8th, 1989 letter, she wrote, Yes, it has been done just as Our Lady asked, on March 25th, 1984. Hence, any further discussion regarding whether the world was consecrated to Mary per her request is without basis, according to a document about the messages of Fatima released in the year 2000. After the break, we'll talk more about the apparitions in Fatima a hundred years ago and what happened to the children who experienced these visions. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world from the Catholic Review. The naming convention is more common today, but the Catholic community of St. Francis Xavier in Hunt Valley was a pioneer 25 years ago when Monsignor Thomas J. Donnellan, then the pastor, insisted on including those first two words, Catholic community. You can see we're all friends here, Monsignor Donnellan said, following the parish's 25th anniversary mass, May 6th. We all started it together. Visit CatholicReview.org to read more about the parish, which started as a mass station for St. Joseph in Cockeysville, and now sits on, in the words of its current pastor, Father Frank Brower, the best piece of property in the entire archdiocese. Calvert Hall College High School in Towson boasts not just baseball and lacrosse teams that have held down the number one ranking in the Baltimore metropolitan area this spring, but a crew of students that has live-streamed some of their games on the school's website, supplying video and commentary for Cardinal fans around the world. Go to catholicreview.org for a story, photos, and video of the effort. Calvert Hall, incidentally, has its only regular season lacrosse game against arch-rival Loyola Blakefield May 16th. The Maryland State Department of Education is now accepting applications for broadening options and opportunities for students today. BOOST, a scholarship program designed to help income-eligible students attend non-public schools. The program is available for students either already attending or hoping to attend a non-public school. Students must be enrolled in or have applied to a participating school before completing the application. Priority will be given to students coming from public schools. Scholarships range from $1,000 to $4,400, with the highest amount going to students who qualify 
for the federal government's free or reduced price meals program and who attended a public school the previous year. Students who received a boost scholarship in 2016-2017 and who still meet the eligibility criteria are eligible to renew their scholarships, but they must complete an application to receive an award in 2017-2018. The application deadline is June 15th. Additional information can be found at educationmaryland.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Christopher Gunty. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and Weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries, the Basilica Gift Shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs, and jewelry, plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish in everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9.30 and 4 p.m. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. Today we're talking about the apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary at Fatima to three young shepherds, which started a hundred years ago, May 13, 1917. Some of the sources used in compiling this report include trips by this reporter to Fatima in 1986 and in 2017, the Vatican website, Catholic News Service, the website of Michael O'Neill, apparition expert at miraclehunter.com, and the website of americaneedsfatima.org, as well as some other websites. After Mary appeared to Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta on the 13th of May, June, and July, a local civil authority who was anti-Christian decided to try to put an end to the apparitions. The children were detained, and the fourth apparition did not occur as scheduled August 13th at Cova de Iria. But you try telling the Mother of God no. Even Jesus tried it at the wedding feast at Cana when Mary told Jesus they had run out of wine, and Jesus asked her, Woman, what do you want me to do? Mary simply told the waiters, do whatever he tells you, and Jesus turned water into wine. 
In this case, Mary simply waited. She appeared August 19th at Valinhoch, a nearby town, and urged the children, pray, pray very much, and make sacrifices for sinners. A statue there at that site and the Stations of the Cross can be seen today. Word of the apparition spread, and September 13th, 20,000 to 30,000 people witnessed the sun dim at noon, and then a globe of light descending on the oak tree. A rain resembling white flower petals or snowflakes was seen falling from the sky. The visionaries were reminded of the importance of praying the rosary to end the Great War. In October, Our Lady appeared for the sixth and final time. She identified herself as Our Lady of the Rosary, and some 70,000 people witnessed the sun dance, spin, and send out colored rays of light, known as the Miracle of the Sun. These apparitions were deemed worthy of belief by the church in 1930. Mary told the Marto siblings that they would die young, but she told Lucia that she would live a long life in order to spread her message. In fact, Francisco and Jacinta became ill a year after the final apparition. Both contracted the Spanish flu, which was part of an epidemic sweeping the globe. Bedridden, Francisco received his first Holy Communion April 4, 1919, and died 10 days later. His sister Jacinta died February 20, 1920. Lucia was sent to school with the Sisters of St. Dorothy and eventually became a postulant of that order. In 1947, she joined the Discalced Carmelite Order at Coimbra, Portugal, and spread the word about Mary's call to prayer for nearly six more decades before her death in 2005 at age 97. In determining whether the Fatima seers could be considered for beatification and sainthood, it was debated for a while whether children who were not martyrs have the capacity to understand his heroic virtues at a young age. In 1979, St. John Paul II allowed their cause to proceed and the question, at least for Francisco and Jacinta, was settled finally at an April consistory in Rome where their causes for canonization were approved. Pope Francis formally declared the sainthood of Blessed Jacinta Marto and Blessed Francisco Marto during his visit to the site of the apparitions May 12th and 13th. Cardinal Angelo Amato, prefect of the Congregation for Saints' Causes, addressing the April consistory of cardinals considering a final recommendation on saints' causes, noted that of the future saints considered at that consistory, five were children or young teenagers. He said, in our time, where young people often become objects of exploitation and commerce, these young people excel as witnesses of truth and freedom, messengers of peace, and of a new humanity reconciled in love. Portuguese Cardinal José Saraiva Martins former prefect of the Congregation for Saints' Causes, also said recently that the apparition of the Virgin Mary was an occasion, but it has nothing to do with or has not influenced the reasons Blessed's Francisco and Jacinta Marto would be declared saints. It was the children's heroism in their lives, their life of prayer, their turning to God that was truly holy, the Portuguese cardinal said. Earlier this year, the Diocese of Coimbra concluded the, its phase of the sainthood cause of Carmelite sister Lucia dos Santos, who died in 2005. Pilgrims still stream to this town of Fatima, not far from the Atlantic coast. 
Huge crowds are expected this year as the centennial celebrations formally began May 13th when Pope Francis celebrated a mass at the newly constructed altar outside the first basilica built at the site. The foundation stone for the Basilica of Our Lady of the Rosary was laid in 1928. The basilica was solemnly dedicated in 1953. All three of the seers are buried in the original basilica, the girls on one side of the main altar and Francisco on the other. The small chapel built decades ago on the site of the apparitions at Cova de Iria has been expanded into a glass-enclosed area that seats about 300, but can accommodate thousands more standing on the plaza. The original chapel now serves as a tabernacle for the glass-enclosed chapel, in which several masses a day are celebrated, and a candlelight rosary service is held each evening. The two basilicas bookend the large plaza that is twice the size of St. Peter's Square in Rome. The older Basilica of Our Lady of the Rosary seats about 800. A round, modern Basilica of the Holy Trinity, built mostly underground, was dedicated October 12, 2007, as part of the closing ceremonies for the 90th anniversary of the apparitions. The new Basilica contains several chapels, including a 24-hour adoration chapel. As devotion to Our Lady of Fatima has spread over the years, the town of Fatima has grown as well. With more hotels and souvenir shops surrounding the, sh surrounding the shrine from many blocks, pilgrims can always find occasions and places to pray, in the Chapel of the Apparitions, or in one of the two basilicas, or at the nearby sites of the Angel's Apparitions, or Mary's August 1917 appearance at Valinhoš. A large grotto next to the Chapel of the Apparitions sees visitors lighting candles as prayer petitions, day and night. And frequently, dedicated pilgrims show their devotion to Our Lady by making the trek more than a tenth of a mile from the start of the plaza to the site of the apparitions on their knees. For those who wish to make a pilgrimage to Fatima, especially in this centennial year, Catholic Review Media is offering the opportunity to see the places where Mary appeared and to pray at important shrines. Through our travel partners, pilgrims will have the chance to visit Fatima and the apparition sites, and to pray in the basilicas. The tour begins in Portugal and then travels to Spain and France. The itinerary will include an opportunity to see the relics of St. James in San Santiago de Compostela, and will spend time at Lourdes in France, the site of another Marian apparition, and a place where many believe great healings take place. For information on the pilgrimage, visit the web at bit.ly.com cr-october pilgrimage. That's visit bitly.com slash cr-october pilgrimage or call 443-524-3150. That's 443-524-3150. The Fatima of 1917 and the Fatima of 2017 are wildly different. The once Macaulay town of fields and sheep has become an attraction for pilgrims from around the world. And yet, the sites where three young shepherds answered invitations from an angel and from Our Lady to pray for sinners and for peace in the world still invite us all to pray for the same intentions. As we commemorate the 100th anniversary of the appearance of Our Lady of the Rosary, 
we can all remember the admonition of the mother of Jesus, our mother, to pray, pray hard. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review. Thanks for listening to Catholic Baltimore. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.